0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to New Books and Jewish Studies. I'm Jason Shulman. We've got a great show for you today. My guest is Dov Waxman, who teaches at Northeastern University. Here to talk about his new book, Trouble in the Tribe, the American-Jewish Conflict over Israel, published in 2016 by Princeton University Press. Dov, welcome to New Books and Jewish Studies. Thank you for having me on the show. It's great to have you. So, Dov, the, the title is Trouble in the Tribe. Uh, Israel used to unite American Jews, but now it seems to divide them. Uh, what, what happened?
1: Well, a number of things happened to uh, lead to this growing debate and division within the American Jewish community. Uh, Part of the story has to do with changes within Israel, within Israeli politics and in Israeli society over the last three decades. Um, But there have also been changes within the American Jewish community itself. And so one of the things I try and do in my book is discuss not only what's changed in Israel, but also and primarily what's changed within the American Jewish community in terms of how they relate to Israel. Uh, how American Jews engage with Israel today, uh, which is quite different from the way that they used to in the past.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about what you did to research the book? Um, And this is a very personal book for you, right? Do do you think that you brought sort of an outsider's perspective to the story?
1: Right. um, As as my accent uh, suggests, um, I didn't grow up in the United States. I grew up in Britain. Uh, I was involved in the British Jewish community, uh, went to an Orthodox Jewish high school in the UK and came over to the United States in my graduate studies. Um, and so I was part of what interested me in writing this book was really a way to immerse myself in the American Jewish community to really get to understand it. Uh, as an insider, but also to retain that outsider perspective, which I think, which I thought and hope is, is somehow helpful in trying to make sense of some of the uh, bitter divides and debates in the American Jewish community. So part of writing the book was a way for me to understand the American Jewish community, but also I looked at it as um, as a diaspora Jew um, with, in a sense of thinking that many of the d- debates that are happening in the American Jewish context are also happening in other diaspora Jewish communities.
0: Mm-hmm. And so what, what did you do to sort of immerse yourself in the American Jewish political scene?
1: So um, I spent a number of years doing what anthropologists call participant observation, essentially um, attending lots of meetings of major American uh, Jewish organizations, uh, going to gatherings of American Jews, discussing Israel, and also interviewing American Jewish leaders and activists um, about their experiences and perceptions of the issue. I spoke to about 70 American Jewish uh, leaders, communal officials, activists, um, and then just basically um, read everything I could, immerse myself in the American Jewish media, um, and read everything I could, all the secondary sources that were available.
0: There's always been some degree of debate uh, among American Jews about Zionism, right? How is today different?
1: Well, there was a debate, and a very lively debate about Zionism before Israel was established, but that debate really died down after Israel's establishment, um, and particularly during the decade or so after ni- the 1967 war, uh, there was a broad um, almost wall-to-wall consensus within the American Jewish community on the need to support Israel. And the kind of uh, debates about Zionism um, were largely forgotten. Um, what's changed today is that there is a renewed debate within the American Jewish community over Israel and particularly over its policies towards the Palestinians. Um, and not only, though, is the debate renewed but it 's also a much more public debate than ever occurred in the past this is a debate really that 's occurring um, in the pages of American newspapers in the media on college campuses in, in, in on the cities on city streets so it 's more public than it 's ever been and I would also argue that it 's more acrimonious than it 's ever been before it 's an increasingly ugly divisive debate um, and that in a, that is having a really pernicious impact upon uh, local Jewish communities.
0: So if you look at sort of a longer view, was the pro-Israel consensus of the post-67, you know, the two decades after that, was that actually the aberration rather than the norm? That's
1: absolutely my argument. I think we tend to uh, look to this particular period in in the American-Jewish relationship that that came about after Israel's victory in 1967. And we think of that as the norm, as that was the the typical relationship between the American-Jewish community and Israel. What I... What I argue in the book, however, is that actually the American Jewish relationship with Israel has always been changing, and it's gone through different stages, um, and that, the, that, that for a much longer period of that relationship there's been a debate and a disagreement uh, among American Jews with regards to Israel than that period of, of, uh, of high consensus and, and overwhelming support for Israel that emerged after 1967.
0: So before we get into the specifics of the chapters, I just want to ask you broadly: What are some of the implications for um, this public acrimonious debate for the Jewish community in the United States, for the uh, is, for the for, Isra- for Israel, and for non-Jewish American politics?
1: Well, the the major implication for the American Jewish community is that Israel is going from being the great unifier of American Jews, that it once was a thing that, despite their religious differences, brought American Jews together and gave them a strong sense of solidarity. It's increasingly becoming a divisive force within American Jewish life. Um, it's, It's having an impact on Jewish congregations, where rabbis are now often afraid to talk about Israel. Uh, it's forcing Jewish community centers to be very careful about the kinds of events with regards to Israel that they're putting on, um, and it's leaving many Jews from being very wary about talking about Israel at all in case they end up having arguments with their friends and family members. So Israel is, is becoming this divisive force, and I think um, that is a great danger for the future cohesion, for the unity, if you like, of the American Jewish community going forward, uh, as it's in danger of becoming increasingly fractured. Over Israel. Um, in terms of its implications for Israel, I think the major implication is that Israeli governments can no longer rely on the kind of uh, unconditional and uncritical support that they used to enjoy from the American Jewish community. They've come to regard American Jewish support for Israel as a strategic asset, which it is. Um, but that nowadays is much more problematic. American Jews still support Israel, but it's not in the kind of unconditional Israel right or wrong way that it used to be. And so, if American, if Israeli leaders want support from American Jews, which they surely do, um, they're going to have to pay more attention to American Jewish opinion, um, and they cannot take that support for granted any longer. And for American policymakers, and for the United States in general, I think the big implication is also that uh, American Jews are much more divided with regards to Israel than they used to be um, that it 's not a question that any longer of simply um, spouting pro israel platitudes and that 's going to be enough to to carry favor with the American Jewish community that uh, American Jewish groups now um, represent a whole range of American Jewish opinions with regards to Israel, and that there isn't any organization uh, that can any longer credibly claim to speak on behalf of American Jews when it comes to Israel. Um, that there's a diversity of opinion, and that needs to be recognized in American politics when it comes to Israel.
0: Right. So the first chapter is sort of a broad overview of the uh, evolving American Jewish relationship with Israel, and you say that pro-Israel support from American Jews is not inevitable. Uh, What what do you mean by that?
1: Well, we we often don't even question why American Jews, or indeed diaspora Jews more generally, support Israel. We just kind of assume somehow that support for Israel is intrinsic to Jewishness. Um, And although support for Israel has become an important part of the Jewish identity for many, if not most, American Jews and Diaspora Jews worldwide, I think it still needs to be explained rather than simply assumed. We, we, we can't say simply because you're Jewish, it's obvious or inevitable that you would support Israel. So I, it was important for me to really explain what are the factors, what are the forces that uh, promote um, support and attachment to Israel, because we can then understand what are the challenges uh, to that ongoing support and attachment to as well?
0: Mm-hmm. And, and we touched on this a little bit, but maybe you can help us uh, flesh it out. There seems to have been a shift over the last few decades from unconditional support to more critical engagement. Uh, maybe you could tell us what you mean by that. And is this a good thing?
1: So the, my my argument really is not that American Jews have become detached from Israel, or, or that they've grown more distant from the country, but rather that what's changed is the manner, the mode of expression in which they express their support for Israel. In the past, support for Israel was expressed primarily through uh, financial, do- donating money to Israel, through political lobbying on Israel's behalf. Um, but American Jews tended to adopt a largely deferential attitude toward Israeli governments. Basically, they saw their role as providing whatever kind of political or financial support Israel needed, but not questioning Israeli government policies and certainly not publicly criticizing those policies. Um, so, that was it, was, it was the support which was, which was much more um, unconditional and much more uncritical than it is today. Nowadays, I would say increasingly, American Jews are more engaged with Israel than they used to be in the past. Um, they're visiting more Israel more often. They're reading about Israel more. They're learning more about Israel. So on the one hand, they're actually engaging much more than, their, than, than older generations of Americans did. But one of the consequences of that is that as they engage with Israel more, they increasingly take issue or find objectionable uh, things that conflict with their own beliefs and values. So as they learn about Israel more, they develop a more realistic, uh, less rosy-eyed view of the country. But they also bec- and they also become more critical of aspects of Israel that they disagree with. And this is true for Jews on both the left and the right. Um, ultimately, whether this is a good thing, um, I think it depends to some extent on your perspective. I think um, in many respects, a more engaged relationship with Israel is a is a deeper relationship with the country instead of seeing Israel. As purely as a symbol um, or as a myth, if you like, a screen on which American Jews could project their fantasies and their fears as it once was in the past, nowadays Israel is emerging and becoming a real country with real problems and real flaws. Um, A relationship in that sense is is a more honest relationship. Uh, It's a deeper relationship, but it's also one that comes with more tensions and challenges. So I perhaps... For those in Israel who might wish for American Jews to continue to be the kind of un- critical cheerleaders for Israel that they once were, this is a negative development. But personally, I think that a relationship to be sustained over time has to be based upon reality and not on myth or fantasy.
0: Mm-hmm. In the third chapter, you sort of map out the debate about Israel. Uh, maybe you can tell us uh, briefly about sort of the four camps that you identify. And is there is there sort of a moment that you think really sums up the acrimony of this debate like never before?
1: So um, I thought it was important in that chapter of the book to where I really dive into the debate around Israel to make clear that it isn't simply a binary debate between left and right as it's often or hawks and doves, as it's often depicted to be. In fact, there are important divisions among those on the left and among those on the right. So I distinguish between four counts rather than the, the kind of standard two that most people talk about. And I distinguish between the the left, the center left, the center right and the right. So on the left um and i would i i describe uh jewish voice for peace as the 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 standard bearer for jews on the left um they increasingly see israel uh, not just as the recalcitrant party in the israeli palestinian conflict um but also they've come to question the justice uh of israel as a jewish state altogether um, and, and, and questioning the the very leg- legitimacy of the Zionist enterprise. So, it's, so for those on the left, it's not just a question any longer of Israel ending its occupation of the West Bank um, or and striking a two-state solution with the Palestinians, but there's a deeper um, questioning of Israel's very legitimacy as a Jewish state. And also, those on the left having also been in, increasingly embracing the the BDS movement, the Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions campaign against Israel, and questioning a two-state solution, and and some are now calling for a one-state solution to the conflict. So all of these views are very different from a group from those on the center-left represented by a group like J Street, um, who continue to believe in the justice of the Zionist enterprise, continue to believe that Israel can and should be a Jewish and democratic state, continue to support a two-state solution. and want that solution to be urgently implemented. And so they, again, are different from those on the centre-right, like uh, uh, many of the supporters of APAC, who I would say, although they support in principle a two-state solution, in practice, they uh, don't really push for one because they believe that at least in the near term, the establishment of the Palestinian state would be an unacceptable security risk for Israel. So although they're, in principle supportive of land for peace and practice, they're um, reticent about implementing that kind of a deal, and they're certainly opposed to any kind of pressure on the Israeli government to bring one about. But they also are different from those on the far right, on the right, who are opposed uh, in principle to a Palestinian state, not just now but in, and at any point in the future. And they tend to believe either for security or nationalist or religious reasons that Israel should control the West Bank or what they would call Judea and Samaria, Samaria um, for forever, essentially. So there are important differences between those on the left and on those on the right. Um, and we can see, you know, many, many occasions where these differences uh, play out. Um, you know, just to take a couple of uh, just to take a few recent examples, we saw um, the debate within the among the members of the Conference of Presidents um, of major American Jewish organisations over the inclusion of J Street within the ranks of the Conference of Presidents. Um, and in that debate, um, really, it was a question of whether J Street's views, or more broadly the views of those on the centre left, are should be included in the conference of presidents of major American Jewish organizations. Uh, those on the center right and particularly on the right regard the views that J Street represents as an anathema and essentially as anti-Israel. But we also see debates between J Street members um, and JVP, Jewish Voice for Peace members, particularly on college campuses nowadays over BDS. Um, J, J Street student members, members of J Street U, uh, are often at the forefront on college campuses of opposing initiatives, student council initiatives to promote or support uh, BDS. Whereas Jewish members of JVP are also at the forefront of often promoting those kinds of initiatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and just recently in the last, in, uh, last week at the Republican National Convention, there was something of a debate, or uh, a conflict between Jews on the centre-right who still support a two-state solution to the conflict, and Jews on the right who, increasing, who oppose a two-state solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and that resulted in, in, in the uh, platform of the Republican Party removing any reference to a two-state solution to the conflict as being the desired solution. And I think that was partly because of pressure from American Jews on the right.
0: What are, what are some of the issues that... Uh you know, divide the four groups. Obviously, the Israel-Palestine conflict would be a big one, but it's not everything, right?
1: Um, it's not everything. I mean, the, the other, it, it, it's definitely the biggest issue. and It's definitely the most divisive issue. Um, and I think it shapes attitudes on, on, on other issues as well. Um, but but it's certainly not the only issue of concern to, to American Jews more broadly. I mean, we can also think of the questions of the status of non-Orthodox Judaism in Israel, the rights of Israel's Arab citizens, um, the status of women in Israel. All of these are also important issues to American Jews. Um, In terms of the left-right divide though, it's really focused on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Um, The other issue that it plays out to some extent on is the question of antisemitism. Although um, Jews on the left uh, also, can also be outspoken about anti-Semitism. Increasingly, attitudes of the debate about anti-Semitism in the UK, in in the US, um, is also filtered through the debate. Uh, these these divides. So, Jews on the right tend to be uh, much more vocal in denouncing anti-Semitism and in warning about the rise of anti-Semitism, particularly on college campuses. Jews on the left, on the other hand, um, are less vocal. Uh, in denouncing anti-Semitism and tend to believe that uh, anti-Semitism is not the great threat, certainly not on uh, college campuses, that Jews on the right theatres.
0: What are some of the fault lines, you know, if we can tell among the groups, uh, you know, generational, denominational, demographic, political affiliation? Is there a way that we can sort of sketch you know, what type of person would belong to each group? Right.
1: So uh, broadly speaking, there are kind of three subdivisions, um, and it, it, it runs along uh, political orientation, uh, generation, and religiosity. So, so so, first of all, when it comes to political orientation, this is the most obvious, um, American Jews who identify themselves as liberal, who vote democratic, are overwhelmingly on the left, either in the center left or the left, when it comes to the debate around the Israeli Palestinian conflict. Uh, and this is, in the past, this was less the case as liberals, American Jewish liberals, and, and liberals in the United States more generally, were staunchly supportive of Israel. But one of the things that's happened in American politics is that liberals, uh, including the base of the Democratic Party, have become more critical of Israel and more sympathetic toward the Palestinians in recent years. And so, American Jewish liberals also tend to have become more critical of Israel and more sympathetic toward the Palestinians. So there is a a political divide, uh, whereas Republican Jews and conservative-leaning Jews tend to be much more hawkish on Israel um, and uh, much more uh, critical when it comes to their attitude toward the Palestinians. The other major division is along generational lines. Young American Jews are also more liberal politically than older American Jews and tend to be more critical of Israel um, in general and particularly when it comes to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So the younger you are, the more likely you are to lean left on Israeli-Palestinian when it comes to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Um, But I think the biggest divide and the biggest um, way we can differentiate between left and right is is along religiosity. Simply put, the more orthodox you are, the more right-wing you're likely to be. Um, Orthodox Jews are not only uh, vote Republican in much, much greater numbers than non-orthodox Jews, they're much more likely to identify as politically conservative. And when it comes to Israel, they're much more right-wing and hawkish. Non-Orthodox Jews, on the other hand, tend to be more liberal and more dovish. So when it comes to these different camps, overwhelmingly those on the centre-left and on the left tend to be younger, more secular, and more liberal. And those on the right or on the centre-right tend to be older, more religious, and more politically conservative.
0: I want to talk about that first group, the younger, more progressive, um, less religiously observant. Are they, and in what way are they challenging the uh, establishment? What, what is the establishment, and, and then are they challenging it?
1: Well, first of all, in terms of what is the establishment, um, you know, there's there's obviously different ways we can define the the Jewish establishment, and this is one of the, the, the challenges of, of of talking about it, because, I mean, we can think of the, the establishments as included as just Major American Jewish organizations like the American Jewish Committee, the Anti-Defamation League, APAC, the Conference of Presidents of major American Jewish organizations, these major organizations, um, but I would also include things like the Federations, um, because I think they are, in many, in the eyes of certainly young American Jews represent the Jewish establishment, as well as organizations like Hillel, um, the major Jewish organization on college campuses, which also represent the Jewish establishment in the eyes of younger American Jews. Um, so in terms of how they're challenging it, they're challenging it in, in two ways. First of all, there's the most obvious challenge, which is that which is mounted by a small minority of young American Jews who are very vocal in, in opposing what they see as the American Jewish establishment's uncritical support for Israel. So in their eyes, the American Jewish establishment has failed to live up to their ideals of American Judaism and of American values more broadly, in particularly its failure, as they see it, to challenge Israel over its occupation of Palestinian territory. So you have groups like If Not Now, uh, which was recently formed, who have been very uh, vocal and quite confrontational in their tactics in challenging what they see is the silence of the American Jewish establishment in the face of Israel, the, Israel's occupation or the complicity, even, of the American Jewish establishment. And also, um, J Street U, which is pushing American Jewish groups like the Federations to be much more transparent in, in it about where, what money they, to is, they send to Israel and where that money ends up, whether any of that money ends up supporting settlements in the West Bank. So that's one kind of challenge, and that's a challenge to the American Jewish community's general reluctance to criticize Israel, or, um, certainly when it comes to the Palestinian issue. The other challenge, and I think a far bigger one, um, is simply the, the unwillingness um, or the reticence of young American Jews to join up, to become part of these organizations, um, to show up to meetings, to to, to become members, to give money, um, to, spend, to, to donate their time to American Jewish organizations. Um, and I think this is the bigger challenge because this involves many, many more young American Jews, in fact, the vast majority of young American Jews, who aren't really turned off, I would argue, by the establishment the American Jewish, the politics of the American Jewish establishment, they're really just simply uninterested in the American Jewish establishment. They don't really see what value it has for them in their lives. And they look at it as really um, out of touch and irrelevant to their concerns. And I think the, the challenge of tri- the, that the American Jewish establishment has for trying to be relevant to young American Jews, for trying to appeal to young American Jews and get them to join their ranks as as their membership is aging and shrinking is a massive challenge for the American Jewish establishment and one that so far very few American Jewish organizations are really responding to uh, effectively.
0: Dub, you're a political scientist, uh, you write about international affairs, but can I get you to venture any uh, informed guess uh, about what the 2016 election might mean for American Jews and Israel?
1: Well, I think th- we're seeing a lot of the uh, divisions over for Israel within the American Jewish community play out in these elections. We're seeing um, the uh, pro Israel consensus that was once strong within the American Jewish community and within American politics more generally, really being challenged in this election is on the one hand, the Republicans are taking a much more hard line stance toward Israel, as I said, um, abandoning the bipartisan commitment to a two state solution, and are really now um, throwing their lot in with a much more hawkish, and much more militant approach to Israel and toward the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And at the, on the Democrat side of the, of the debate, um, we're seeing growing criticism of Israel and growing dissatisfaction among the base of the Democratic Party around America's traditional support for Israel. And that was represented particularly among the, um, this kind of criticism among the supporters of Bernie Sanders. So I think um, the debate, the, the, the election campaign is really intensifying the existing divisions around Israel within the American Jewish community um, and um, undermining further that that pro-Israel consensus, depending on what happens in the election. My prediction uh, would be that Hillary Clinton will win the election, um, but I think the bruising election campaign, and particularly one where Israel uh, becomes the subject of a very fierce partisan battle is only going to exacerbate the intra-Jewish divides over Israel even more. And in particular, the divide between the more orthodox segment of the American Jewish community, which is overwhelmingly Republican, and the, more, and the non-orthodox half of the American Jewish community, which is overwhelmingly um, Democratic in its, in, its, in its voting behavior. Um, and and so increasingly, you know, Jews who support Donald Trump will be seen as completely different um, and antagonistic to Jews who support Hillary Clinton. So I think you know we're seeing the, these these divides play out in American politics today as well. And ultimately, that's going to exacerbate inter jewish divisions as well.
0: Well, Doug, we've taken up a lot of your time. So any parting thoughts you'd like to share, and uh, what are you working on next?
1: Um, I'm now actually just beginning a book about the Arab-Israeli conflict in general. It's a it's uh, kind of primer on the Arab-Israeli conflict and I'm trying to uh, provide um, what will hopefully be a fairly balanced and nuanced account um, that will be accessible to a broad readership because I think, um increasingly, this is the subject, as I'm seeing it, not only within the American Jewish community, but on college campuses, the issue of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is becoming such a divisive and polarizing issue that it is important to try and provide um, some perspective and hopefully to try to tamp down um, this kind of escalating and highly divisive conflict over it.
0: Doug, that sounds like a great project. I want to thank you for being on the show today. The book is, the tr- the book is Trouble in the Tribe. The American-Jewish Conflict Over Israel, published in 2016 by Princeton University Press. The author is Dove Waxman. Thank you for listening, and catch us next time on New Books in Jewish Studies.